up, East High? Oh my god, Condra, we're back! Hello! These hiatus episodes, they just feel so long and far apart. It's so sad. More like a biatus, because anyway. There's more than two, Tyler, and... I meant like bi as in the opposite of high, not as in bicycle. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, we should introduce the show. (laughs) Well, this is Wildcat Minute, where we normally talk about the high school musical movies one minute at a time. But like we said, we're in hiatus. So today we are talking about the 2007 released, but 2006-2007 touring High School Musical in concert. I am Condra. I am Tyler. Hello. And we're the Amateur Nerds. And Tyler, we have a very special guest today. So special. Hi, everyone. I'm Anne. I am a fan of the show and excited to to talk. So Anne's one of my friends from college, so I I was allowed to bring another friend along. talk about high school musical many a time we've played the high school musical mystery dating game so (laughs) you say it as if there's like an allowance for friends from college as if that's just like hasn't been most of our our guest pool Condra. i mean i think it balances out pretty well us like podcast like real official podcasty people to are just our friends yeah it's it's a valid way to do podcasting you just want good chemistry overall yeah anyway and hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us. What's the deal with High School Musical? You, you seem to like it. Why are you here, is what I'm saying. Thank you for asking, Tyler. I do, <laughs> I do indeed like High School Musical. I have, I think, a high level of passion and excitement for High School Musical. Very low uh, actual knowledge level. And all of the knowledge I have <laughs> of High School Musical, I owe to Condra and to friend of the show, Amanda. Former host of the show. Former host, excuse me. Amanda, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I was replaced for those couple episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Wildcat Minute canon. So do you remember seeing High School Musical back in the day? When was the first time? Interestingly enough, I didn't see High School Musical until college. And Amanda was so upset when she learned that about me <laughs> that we had a big High School Musical day where we watched maybe all of the movies. Yeah, because that was my first time seeing three. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then since then, I have uh, gotten sucked into being a huge fan of Olivia Rodrigo. So my roommates and I have watched Uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series, all of season one, part of season two. uh, And then now I've seen the concert. So I guess now I have maybe some knowledge, but I wasn't like a fan growing up. So I have the knowledge of like a 24 year old who's getting really into High School Musical, which is I think a different... (laughs) different lens maybe it seems like perhaps you like you know the movies and the characters but you don't know the memes that were on tumblr in 2015 yeah like the fan culture i think is where maybe that's definitely a a weak spot for me i think but you do know the mid-2000s and you are primed to talk about the concert with us and all of its mid-2000s glory that it contained So yeah, let's talk about this concert. I'm holding this DVD case for High School Musical The Concert, Extreme Access Pass. Oh yeah. I believe we all have the same DVD. I don't know why they would have reissued it or done another version of it. No, I definitely bought us all the same exact thing. (laughs) So Condra, I guess, can you explain like in general, like the time that this happened and like this, like the setup for the tour? Sure. So, I mean, we're mid-2000s Disney Channel right now. Um, We are kind of at the peak of 
Disney Channel star equals pop star. And a lot of them coincided with touring and additional beyond the television show. There was a cultural presence beyond the TV screen. And the Cheetah Girls were the same way that they also toured and performed Raven often did not tour with them but the rare occasion um like macy's thanksgiving day parade i think she did with them but with high school musical it was a little different because it's not just one individual like hannah montana or the cheetah girls as like a pop star group like canonically they are a pop group (laughs) you have this very interesting okay we have this six people that are the stars of the movie And Kenny Ortega's like, you know what? Let's put them on tour. I'm going to produce this same as the the show or the the movie. And um, we'll we'll put the show on the road and really capitalize on. So if you think this is the beginning of American Idol is right around this time, which I saw Kelly Clarkson in 2007 in her breakaway tour just after she won American Idol. Um, Wow. you, You have. Oh, yeah. No, I was. I was super cool back in the mid 2000s. I had seen Insync, <laughs> I'd seen Kelly Clarkson, I'd seen Cher. I was really cool. But you also have this the cultural landmark that is High School Musical and basically it's a cash cow. It's okay, we didn't expect this to be the phenomenon it is. How can we market this and why not put them on tour? Uh, uh, Vanessa Hudgens already had an album out. Corbin Blue had an album or was about to have an album. Ashley Tisdale had an album already. And Lucas Grabiel had been on Broadway. Like, you have all of these people that had performed live before. So why not? And uh, Drew Seeley as well had performed live, um, also in musicals. Um, I don't think he was on Broadway at that point. Yeah, I think you got to the bottom of it for me. Like, I, I, like, I didn't know quite what question I was asking, but I think it makes sense now in the sense that, like, when you said that Disney star was synonymous with pop star, like, they, it clicked. Like, yeah, Hilary Duff was putting out albums for some reason. Yeah, yeah, Hilary Duff, uh, the person who played Kim, pa- oh, God, from Even Stevens, what's her name? I don't remember. She does the opening song to Kim Possible as well. She had an album and tour, like... Yeah, it Raven. You just had all yeah. of these these folks. And the and the interesting thing is, like, it's sort of crossed over into Nickelodeon after. Yeah. Well, uh, well, there was the whole like Naked Brothers Band ripoff of like of Hannah Montana. Like that's another thing. But I'm thinking specifically like Miranda Cosgrove would later like mm-hmm. have like a a touring music career and like. 2012 and this is like this is way too far beyond anyone doing this anymore what was the big time rush that was the other nickelodeon one that was totally after the jonas brothers and um (laughs) and i i would call i i don't know how true this is because i'm not a one direction fan but did big time rush inspire one direction (laughs) here we go here's my hot take oh that's a hot take (laughs) and are you a fan of any of these particular musicians? So I will say it's kind of bold of me to agree to come on the show because I didn't really watch TV growing up. So I went, when I went over to friends' houses, they would have like cable TV and we would watch it there. Uh, but all of my knowledge of this time period of pop culture comes from like magazines at the checkout aisle, the grocery store, and mm-hmm. a little bit of TV that I would sneak at friends' houses. All right. So like just based on your impressions of of high school musical like from your childhood do you know like was there a certain like character or like disney star that you were interested in i remember feeling kind of a lot this is so 
bizarre. I remember feeling so much anger towards Ashley Tisdale because I knew, I mean, <laughs> I guess, like, it's the character of Sharpay plus probably, like, some intense, intense like, internalized misogyny if you really want to get into it. But I remember feeling so angry about her and I didn't really know much about the movies or about her as a person I still don't really but that was yeah an intense emotion I remember feeling I know I was super confused because on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody she is the smart one she's super nice she's absolutely like this lovely character and then she comes as Sharpay and I'm like what happened to Maddie yeah, they're literally, I guess what we'll talk about this on upcoming um, um, hiatus episode where we talk about the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody episode where, where they do High School Musical as a play. But yeah, you're, you're right in that the character of Maddie on Sweet Life is literally like she's supposed to be like poor and she's like very nice, like she like feeds the homeless and she's hardworking and honest and kind. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite of Sharpay. It was, I thought, interesting watching the concert, how they would do the costume changes, and they were so intense to signal, like, this is Ashley Tisdale versus this is Sharpay. And I just really want, like, a, an intensive... I wanted a feature on the DVD to be just the costume designer talking because that was such that, an interesting That part. would be interesting. So, yeah, let's let's talk about this concert. yeah. So we had 14 songs. Uh, the total concert, um, according to the behind the scenes, was like 90 minutes. Um, oh, so it was longer than what we saw? Because there were the like the breaks for costume change um, when Lucas would come out and uh, also the opener. Um, so technically, yeah. there is an opener to the High School Musical in concert. Her name was Jordan Pruitt. She would perform five songs. Um, her big one was Jump in the Rhythm. Jump in Rhythm. Um, I don't remember. I, I vaguely recognized it, but it was one of those. I was like, oh, this could have been PYT or what was it? Sugar Pop. I can't remember their name. No, they're like one of those A team. Like they were all very similar, very similar at the time. Um, but she was kind of the standalone. She honestly looked a little like baby Taylor Swift. Like, I got strong baby Taylor Swift vibes, except more poppy instead of country, which was super bizarre for me to be like, I didn't even like Taylor Swift. I, I, I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I recognize her as a major musician of modern era. So, um, yeah, so Jordan Pruitt would open and then we'd we'd start with the start of something new. Yeah. The, the first thing I was impressed by. So I guess there's this whole stage. And like, there's like, obviously like the front of the stage and then there's like this big winding like ramp Mm -hmm. behind them that leads up to like a little balcony that kind of hangs over the stage. And then behind that ramp is like where the, like the live musicians are. They're like the drummers and the guitarists and the keyboardists. Yeah. And there's actually two little platforms for them. One about halfway down the ramp and then the one at the very top. Yeah. And then behind that, there's a giant LED screen. Yeah. And so the concert starts with the countdown to the concert, which is the scoreboard from the basketball game in High School Musical. You know what? I've seen a few live performances where they do that, where they have a countdown and the way it charges up the crowd. It is such an effective technique. But they like but like when it was counting down, like the audience would didn't didn't go like 10, 9, 8, which is like there's kids in the crowd. Like that's the only thing they know how to do. <laughs> but I thought it was still really fun. And um, I'll throw I'll pepper in the behind the scenes 
facts throughout this instead of us talking about it separately. Um, there's like a 10 minute behind the scenes featurette in the like our special feature. And Lucas Grabeel said at the time this was the largest LED screen in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't believe that. Is but that- well, but I have no means of finding out if that's true or not. <laughs> We should also state this is an arena tour. This isn't like a stage tour with like 5,000 people in the audience or like 3,000 people in the audience. This is like 30,000 people showing up to see High School Musical on tour. And obviously it's a kid's thing. So like for every one child there, there's at least one parent. But to, for for like kids things, you tend to sell like literally two times as many tickets. That's why kids movies grow so well in the box office. Mm-hmm. So do you want the fun facts about the tour really quick? Because I've got them. I would love All right. So it was 44 cities throughout the United States. And this particular episode or performance. (laughs) in Houston, Houston, yeah. Houston, Texas. And then someone said how many seats a night. Like 15,000 seemed to be the average. Um, one yeah. of the one of them said they were like, yeah, it's about fifteen thousand a night. Um, and then the choreographer Klapau, um, Charles Klapau, yeah, was on tour with them the whole time. Yeah, he's um, one of the dancers. One of the dancers as well. Um, Kenny Ortega did some of the direction, but this particular filming was not directed by him. But most the stage production was in like yeah. overall. So yeah. That's kind of general tour stuff. There's like so much background to talk about. Like we've, I know. <laughs> we haven't even started talking about the show yet. Yeah, no, there's this big countdown and then uh, start of something new. Yeah, well, it's interesting because we get kind of this like epic, like stadium rock, like guitar riff going. And you're like, what high school musical song has this like epic guitar riff? And then you're like, oh, this is the start of something new, I, I guess. And it is. And I was surprised at how well the song kind of blended into like a big stadium rock song. I was I thought it was kind of a weird choice. I first thought that they were going to do Get Your Head in the Game as their opener. So I was kind of surprised they didn't do it. But it could they really could build the tension. And then at one point, um, do we want to talk about the choreography of it? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Costume choreography, okay. go for whatever you want. <laughs> so it starts with just silhouettes. I think Troy played by Drew Seeley here, which was shocking to me. I was not prepared for that. Oh, yes. We haven't pointed this out yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Drew goes on tour. And when you read about the tour, they allude that there's a special guest that's joining that night, as if Zac Efron would have ever been on tour with <laughs> But but he was never, and it was always Drew, and they somehow tried to hide that Zach was not touring with them. To the point later where um, uh, Lucas Grabeel, who is like the MC like of the show, to whatever extent that like really matters for this show, he introduces the cast, and then he like doesn't really introduce Drew Seeley at first. And then, like, at the end of, like, that section, and then he's like, and now Drew Seeley. And I was just like, what? Are we not introducing him? Are we, intro- like, can we just say, and Zach's not here tonight, but, like, they don't even say it, but this is the guy who sang the songs in the movie. Like, they just completely don't. Well, that was because they covered it up. They, like, <sighs> he was uncredited, like, for a really long time. <laughs> like, people kind of knew about it but like it wasn't something they ever really publicized we went through the credits tie it was never 
really yeah. there. And then the other thing is that some, some I, don't, I don't know if all the songs necessarily, but a lot of this concert appears to be lip synced. Mm-hmm. But they clearly re-recorded the Drusili parts so that they would sound more like natural him when he's singing. And it wouldn't sound like the version that we think is Zac Efron. For the most part, yes. And I figured out how you could tell in the concert which ones were the lip, definitely lip sync ones and which ones were the live ones. And it was whether or not they were physically holding a mic in their hand. That wasn't always the case. But for some of the duo ones, that was how, like, okay, this is them live singing. The perform like the more performative, more focused on the dancing were 100% lip syncs. Yeah. Anyway, start something new. <laughs> start something new. We're going to get there. <laughs> So yeah, uh, as Anne said, there um, Vanessa and Drew walk up in silhouette, and then very against the rest of um, the original start of something new, the the other four Ashley, Lucas, uh, Corbin, and Monique all walk up too, and all start singing the start of something new. So it is something new because it's not the original. In this. <laughs> what I liked about this was, you know, Drew is the the Troy character has like the first lines in the song and then Vanessa comes in with like the, like the second half of the first verse and the, like the audience cheer when she started singing was like so much louder. I was wondering if many of the children present thought that Drew was Zac Efron and were just kind of like unsettled the whole time. What do you think was happening for the audience? So in one of the crowd shots later on, there was someone holding a sign that said, I heart, Mr. Steely's vocal cords. Yeah. So, like, someone definitely knew Drew was going to be there. But, yeah, though, that full extent of, like, that doesn't look like Zach. That's this weird disconnect thing. But also, in some of the, prom- like, concert promotional materials, Zach was never present because they would, like, shoot promos for the concert and stuff, and Zach was never there. So, I mean, at some point, they got to figure out it's Zach's not going to be there. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, you know, you go to a concert, you know, you very quickly realize that Drew Seeley isn't Zac Efron, but you still have the other five people. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It was kind of jarring because when they had on what Lucas is telling us is the largest plasma screen in the world, they would show like (laughs) clips of the movies and they would do montages. Uh, So they did that for Stick With The Status Quo in a really bizarre way, but then also throughout the whole concert would have like Zac Efron up there and then Drew Seeley singing. It was just a little strange, but I guess they didn't have another option. I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. Like, I don't know. It just seems fine to me. Like, I don't really care. I guess it would be like if you went and saw Panic at the Disco, but then like Brendan Urie was someone else. I've been livid. <laughs> he is Panic at the Disco at this point. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. It just seems like yeah. he's doing the singing. Like, what what difference does it make? Yeah. I think for this one, it doesn't matter so much, too, because Drew did the vocals originally, so it doesn't sound too far off in the few that they do live. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about these costumes that they're wearing, because Vanessa's in this, like, huge white and red dress. Love that coat. It's got a crinoline lining that's red, and Ashley's all dolled up, too, with, like, a blazer and, like, a schoolgirl skirt. Monique's outfit's a little weird. Yes, this is this is the one that's like, what what are we doing here? This is too much. It's like a corset. It's like a fitted tank top over a t-shirt 
Yeah. Like it's like a 14 year old who like wasn't sure how to shop yet, but wanted to buy the corset from hot topic, but like just didn't know how it worked yet. This is a professionally made outfit for a huge national tour. So I just don't know like how we got to that point. But it's also very mid 2000s look. Everything yeah. needed to be layered and every all the guys stuff was bedazzled or embroidered um, <laughs> in some way, shape or form, except except um, well, Ryan's shirts, because when Lucas was specifically Ryan, those were the big flamboyant, crazy patterned shirts. Yeah. And then Corbin's shirts tend to just kind of be like extravagant skater adjacent stuff. So good. The one when he did his solo i think it was so i thought at first i didn't realize they were doing their solo bits and i thought that i just had no idea what songs were in high school musical but when he had the like burnt orange long push it to the limit yeah oh my god well we'll get there because i think that was the highlight of the concert and i texted tyler when that happened and i was like dying um so let's get there (laughs) these first few songs and then we'll get to their solo stuff i Uh, think so it goes from start of something new to stick the status quo. And it's kind of interesting because the start of something new, you know, it's a fine song and stick to the status quo. Some people's favorite song. Um, <laughs> Tyler from the movie. does not like that song. <laughs> I, th- I, I like the song. I don't like the scene. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm kind of trying to say two things at once. Cause I want to give the context. The thing with uh, stick to the status quo is they do the thing where they're like, because Zeke and, the skater boy and the other Martha? girl, Bertha, Martha, Martha. Sure, <laughs> I can't hear. Um, yeah, who names their kids Bertha anymore? Uh, because they're not there, they have to. They do this thing where they're like communicating with the screen, like the the screen is singing, and then there's like the chorus on stage is singing the chorus, um, and it becomes like very like confusing. Like, is are we supposed to focus on the dancing? Like. The characters of the song aren't really on stage until the end where Sharpay like gets her solo thing. Um, so like what what are we supposed to be engaging with right now? Like they bring a table like they bring out like a cafeteria table to be in the middle of the stage so they can do like some of the same choreography. But they're, they're not like exactly reproducing it like they would do with Bop to the Top later. So it's like what's going on? This was the one that I was. I, I was like, okay, they're lip syncing here a hundred percent. Also, what threw me for this is Vanessa. I'm not calling her Gabriella here because it was definitely Vanessa singing the anti like the the stick to the status quo stuff. And I'm like, if this was kind of in universe, Gabriella was on that outside too. That doesn't make any sense. And to have Chad on the screen singing no at Zeke and then Corbin on stage singing no. It was, there was just like a lot of weird, like what Disney does not do is have multiple character or have the same character in multiple places at the same time. That happens like Disney on ice. It happens, uh, Disney on Broadway, in the parks, on screen. Like you don't cause that break in, in universe basically. And this was such a disconnect. I think it was an interesting mix. I mean, the whole concert, for me, I was feeling the tension between, like, making it a play and then just singing, focusing on the songs themselves. And I think that tension was really weird and stick to the status quo. Yeah. And I think the thing that is really apparent in the first two songs, it gets okay later, is the, like, the directing and editing of the camera and... (laughs) 
just like the visuals of the the dvd recording are terrible like god awful like you it does not stay like long enough on a person to to ever really focus on them singing or dancing or doing anything it's like these these group shots at like weird angles and there's like six main characters that like they're cutting back and forth between so you're never like engaging with one of them for very long but they never show monique yeah that too (laughs) there was at one point i was like is monique even on stage right now like well she's on stage for like the first two songs and then again at the very end and that's it yeah i just felt so bad for her like conceptually on this tour um, the other thing that got me for stick to the status quo that I think gets to Anne's point of it, is it about the songs or is it a uh, recreation? Is it like one of those 30 minute plays at a Disney park, like Beauty and the Beast live kind of thing? I like those. I, I love those. Um, where it's just the songs and you're like getting a condensed version of the movie. This is not in order, like chronologically in order. It's close. It's close, but... Like, why is it going from the start of something new? Like, there's conflict that happens in between start of something new and stick to the status quo. Yeah. That is then thrown at the end in the concert. Like, it takes away that, like, is it a play? Is it just the songs? Um, Yeah. It's more like a sing-along in that case. Like, is it just like one of those Disney sing-along VHSs from the the 90s? (laughs) And I think the real real weakness to this show as a stage performance is that it's just kind of like a broad almost sing-along like it's a it's a review it's a showcase of like all these songs but there's nothing stringing them together like what what this show desperately needs is like little five minute skits between between the songs. like they they could recreate scenes from the movie like like comedic scenes from the movie or they could just do little bits of like the actors bantering between each other, but it's missing that desperately. Yeah, I think Corbin and I'm going to do that a bazillion times called Corbin Chad. Um, <laughs> Corbin and Lucas, when they're talking about like why they're here after marching a little later on, I thought that was one of the strongest like transitions um, because sometimes you do have like in concerts, you have the performer be like, OK, this is the history of this song or like here is what I was thinking when I wrote this song or just something to like stem things together and give people like a pause other than I'm like dying to, I was dying to know like, okay, when they cut between songs here, what's happening yeah. on stage? Cause there's like a costume change and they're changing the set. It um, must've just been like them playing the clips movie? on the screen, on the screen. Yeah. Like, which is fine. Like, like if you go see like a weird Al concert, he'll play like little comedic skits from his like, past TV shows or like cameo appearances on a screen. And those are fun because, you know, it's part of the tone of the show is that it's kind of like a variety hour. But this is, yeah, it's just kind of transitioning people from, you know, High School Musical song to Vanessa Hudgens song to Ashley Tisdale's song. It, it's weird. Yeah. And the uh, um, the last, last thing I have to say about this song maybe um, is it was funny using the screen for this one so other than the clips they were showing they just had no that would just appear on screen (laughs) and i'd be like no i don't like this (laughs) (laughs) the screen was echoing what i was thinking in my brain and i just appreciated that did Uh, you guys see the like the adults in the crowd like singing along (laughs) yes it was like the frozen question 
is it just because they were surrounded by it or do they actually like it? <laughs> yeah, we move on. So to... this is where um, this next bit is that kind of introduction that Tyler was talking about where they introduced the, the five and then Drew just just for folks at home that are keeping score. Yeah. And then there's this weird song where it's like the six of them singing together, but it's not a song from the movie. And you might not know what this song is at all. I was so confused. I Googled it. I thought I was, yeah, really, really feeling like I was out of my depth <laughs> when this song came on. <laughs> so the next song in the lineup is I Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, which was a cut song from High School Musical when Ryan and Sharpay were not siblings. They were like a couple. What? That would explain some of the dynamics, I guess. Yeah, so um, there is a deleted scene or deleted recording on the DVD, and I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I watched it on the DVD, so I don't know. Um, of them, of Zach, actually, uh, Vanessa, Ashley, and Lucas singing this song, but it was never, and it's on the end of the soundtrack. So it's a cut song, basically. And it's got that, like, when we were talking about it with Amanda, we were saying it was salsa-y, I think. Salsa-esque. Salsa-adjacent <laughs> for style of music. And it's it's a saucy song. It's it's about it's about pe- uh, young people being into each other. This is kind of a sidebar, but in the original, so Luke, or Sharpay and Ryan were dating, and then was Sharpay going after Troy, like, we don't need to go into this. I just need to look this up later. I need to do some Googling after we finish recording. Yeah, it's from an earlier version of the script where Ryan and Sharpay were not siblings. Okay. Yeah, so Can't Take My Eyes Off of You is... Um, it Definitely the crowd is less into it. I think a lot of folks don't know what it is. Um, there's some weird... Like, the dancing is very close like it's more well, they're all standing behind their mic stands it's like a different style of dancing but then they sometimes move forward and they rearrange themselves depending on who's singing them the verse we, do, we don't need to linger on some no. of these songs <laughs> no i think just to, to mention that they just third song is i can't take my eyes off of you honestly though like you need to teach the kids that they're not going to enjoy every song at a concert and this is another aspect of the High School Musical and concert. It's like, this is a lot of kids' first concert. Like, it's their first time going out to, like, a, a show, like a big arena show. They're getting their tour t-shirts. They're, you know, they're staying up to, like, 1030 because they got to go to the meet and greet afterward. Like, But that, Tyler, you made me think of our continual conversation about High School Musical teaching kids tropes. <laughs> and here we go. It's another educational opportunity for kids. <laughs> then I think we transition to like not group songs. Does it go to it's a Vanessa a, song or it, does it go to? It goes to a Gabriella song. So then we break down into the solo stuff. Um, well, we get a solo stuff. Um, so it's first when there was me and you. And then directly after is we'll be together, which is Ashley's song. So it's kind of, we, we move into these very slow, I'm, I'm lumping them together because they sounded the same to me. <laughs> um, they were both slow. The crowd was real bored. <laughs> I think when, 
I think when there was me and you is a good song. I don't know. And what's what's your feeling on the sort of um, Gabriella solo song from the middle of the movie? Do you like it or not like it? I did not love it. I wasn't feeling energized by it. And I also wasn't feeling like moved to tears, which is easy for me to feel that way. So <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling much about it. In, in the movie, do you like it or? <sighs> not really. I sound I so mean saying that. I'm Thank sorry. you. Thank you. Amanda was so mad at me when I said I did not like that song. And I was like, it's boring. <laughs> I feel like we should cut this because I'm going to get like 12 really angry texts from Amanda if she knows that I don't like it. I don't no, want that. Journalistic integrity. I'm not cutting it. No, but I think part of this, th- this performance that you were, you said it, you weren't feeling energized. Vanessa is super obviously lip syncing. She straight up misses <laughs> cues. And I was just like, she like that big note that she holds and she's like holding her ear pretending she's singing and she keeps her <laughs> mouth open way too long like 10 seconds too long and it's real obvious and even though they cut it to a way that it doesn't like they're trying to hide it it's like no you can still see her mouth is wide open right now <laughs> it's yeah can, can we just like skip forward to uh, get your head in the game no because I want to talk about Ashley's dress I <gasps> yes, love thank you that dress <laughs> uh is this like teal it's short teal and it's got a little bit of puff ruffle under it it's almost the teal of the bop to the top which i thought was kind of a cool tie-in um but it's like embroidered it's got these really cool patterns all over it and just like ashley's a great singer but this song was just real boring all the solo songs are like these like kind of like slow ballady songs none of except for corbin except for corbin <laughs> no so <exception>. yeah <laughs> And what were you going to say? Uh, I just could talk about the outfits for a really long time, but I liked how Ashley, it felt like they wanted to show that she was like relatable and cool. And Sharpay's always wearing kind of pink heels. And she came out in that really cool dress. She had kind of like a relaxed punk princess vibe a little bit. She had sneakers. Converse. And she was walking, yeah. And she was like walking in a way to really show off the sneakers and show that she was like walking in a relaxed, cool way. And I thought that was interesting to show, like, the separation from the Sharpay character. Yeah, I like the Ashley Tisdale as, like, an Avril Lavigne clone look. <laughs> yeah. But that's a really good point, that, that separation to, for Ashley to make. That's I didn't think about that until you said that. So, And I liked how the kids had glow sticks, and they were using those to sway back and forth instead of lighters. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. <laughs> Later on, they um, kick out these, uh, like, basketball balloons out to the crowd, presumably you know at concerts you like throw out a beach ball and people like the audience like hits it up and they're like the beach ball's going no they just grabbed the balloons and kept them <laughs> they're still learning about concerts i mean this gets to to get your head in the game i think because that's where that happens that they, they have a basketball hoop on stage they're they're dribbling yeah. some basketballs um they but- don't do quite as fun of like dancing in the little opening 10 seconds but no um they have a, i think a harder time dribbling on stage it looks like they're having a hard time with some like they don't have enough space to do some of it like they're like okay we got to do the ball over the head thing but it's really hard to time or like the spacing's a little yeah. weird i think yeah the, the sort of like dribbling like basketball formation stuff is definitely harder probably just because the material of the stage you know it's like hollow or something probably just not built for it but the the like the dancing at the end of the song where they're all in like group formation and like doing like the like behind the back over the head 
thing yeah. with the basketball. The arm. Those out. are fun. Th- those work. I like when they like when they do the choreography from the movie. Like it's fun. I don't know. if, I mean, I'm sure that you both will know this, but I just found out I was doing some some research so I wouldn't embarrass myself on this podcast, and I found <laughs> out that Drew Seeley co-wrote "Get Your Head in the Game." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't he say that in the? Oh, yeah, so, some, a cut so away. sorry. On the DVD, sometimes they like between songs, they'll like cut to one of the actors like describing something about the concert um, on like a talking head, and then they'll like cut back to the movie. Drew says um, and he it says after. That. It's yeah. after the song, though. Yeah, so Drew was um, their original voice for Troy and that kind of stuff, and then they ended up being able to get Zach, and they were, but they had already recorded Drew's vocals, and it just didn't time right to re-record with Zach. So that's why Drew is the the, the singing voice of Troy, and, and he was involved in the project before they ever roped Zach in. Yeah, this sometimes happens in movies where like you have a demo voice actor or like a demo musician who just was so involved in the process that they end up being in the movie to an extent. So like the classic example is like Brad Bird, Brad Bird as Edna Bird Mode, as Edna Mode um, <laughs> in The Incredibles. <laughs> but yeah. Did you notice that uh, the back of their jerseys were their, their IRL last night? Yeah, yeah, I did. I liked that. Um, and there was also one... A uh, female basketball player that was out on stage, which was pretty cool too. Co-ed team. My favorite part was that they um they made the shots in the song. There's there's two basketball shots, like not camera shots, like swish shots. <laughs> Tyler just did the the mo- motion of shooting a basketball where you've got one hand on the side of the ball and then you flick your wrist with the other hand yeah. for the listener at home. And. Was it was it Drew who shot both of them, or was it? I mean, the DVD had a cutaway for one of the shots showing it going. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine like like through stage perspective, like it's probably not a super long shot that they're making. Like it's probably just like a ten footer or something, and like even the hoop might be a little lower, or the the rim might be a little wider. Um, All of the above, <laughs> but still. I was like, oh, at least they made it. Because just imagine missing the shot, <laughs> like your live show. There's not enough of that in like live performance where you like, you like, you have to improv like a, a, a thing based on whether or not you like, you make a s- sort of like physical feat. Um, and then they did this in a movie once where it's like a poker tournament and like the, the actors were in character playing poker and like whoever actually won the, the poker tournament was like how they had to improv the movie. But I feel like not enough stage acting does that where you like, ah, he missed the basketball shot. And I have to like play the rest of the scene with him missing the shot. Um, I'm not going to talk about Dan and Phil, but Dan and Phil's second tour definitely had that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And did you have anything else for Get Your Head in the Game? Not really. Mostly just amazement about Drew Seeley. And yeah, I guess throughout the whole concert, I think they did do some pretty risky choreography, like... Later we'll talk about this with Corbin Blue, but there were some some high risk, high reward moves that they did. Risky as in like dangerous or like or like kind of sexy. Kind of sexy and also really embarrassing if they didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely yeah. The, 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 a lot of the basketball stuff, like you have to have that nailed down, and I think maybe that's why Charles Clapau was on the road with them. Well, the thing I was waiting for was for someone to jump off the balcony. That never happened. What? Did you guys notice that, like, 
So one of the great things about Get Your Head in the Game in the movie is that Zac Efron has this kind of like really great acting like in it. Like there's like him throwing, like him catching and throwing the ball and it's like his face is really funny. And like him kind of selling the like the spotlight moment is really good. And Drew Seeley, like, you know, I'm sure it's fine for stage because no one's like really seeing his face. But like it was just kind of sad that it was like uh, he's not as good of an actor. That's why they replaced him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but like, I was just like, ah, oh, like that was the one moment I was like, oh, I wish Zac Efron was here. I mean, they had it on screen, though. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, so this this song, again, they had stuff on the LED screen, um, including part of like the chorus, like Get Your Head in the Game. Um, I also appreciated how they ended the song with Corbin shouting, what team? Yeah, a little audience participation, baby. Yeah. So, so the longer we get into this, the uh, the less notes I have because the more boring it got. <laughs> um, excuse me. We are halfway through the concert, and arguably it peaks here. Yes, folks. The, the, this is what this is what I'm saying. So next up, we get the Corbin Blue solo segment. So, like we said before, we get kind of these like Bless. solo performances from Ashley Tisdale and Vanessa Hudgens and Corbin Blue had all kind of put out albums or like been doing other Disney related projects. And of course the the song uh, Push It to the Limit from the movie Jump In and just kind of general Disney awareness is the song that they go with for Corbin Blue. Honestly, to the point where like, you could probably ask some of the kids and parents in the crowd, like, was that song in High School Musical? And they like might say yes, like. Mm-hmm. Well, they were it was being advertised so much on the Disney Channel in like synchronized like they were showing get your head in the game clips and they were showing this song clips like this song was on fire in like 2007. This was the Disney Channel song. And for a reason, because this song slaps. It was amazing. I had full goosebumps for this song. I loved it. Corbin brought an energy to the stage that was phenomenal. He is such a good dancer. He is just a great presence. He was, you could tell he was happy to be out there. Like, Vanessa looked bored when she's on stage. Ashley, like, can fake it pretty well. Like, she's been with Disney Channel for long enough. She's real good at faking it. But, like, Corbin... Later on, Ashley and Lucas are, like, killing it with their um, bop to the top and their uh, the other song. Corbin... Is having fun. Yeah. Well, he's doing the break dancing. Like, he's got kind of this, like, very low to the ground style, like, uh, dancing. And then he's doing, like, the fight boxing choreography. Yes. He's jump roping. He has a little sparkly choker with a little pendant on it. He (laughs) had a massive belt buckle. Yeah. Did you see his belt buckle? (laughs) It was, like, literally five inches long. And I was like, Jesus, (laughs) that must be so uncomfortable. Um, no, but you're right. They, they in the course of this one song because he does a second song, which is like this drumline song, which is like okay, marching. I yeah, loved still, it. Okay, Tyler, I, I thought it was good too. Not it push was, it to the limit, good, yeah. but it like was, second that's best the thing. song. It was like it was also very good. Like it was also a very good song because Corbin Blue continued to like he was just kind of riding a high. Yeah. But like in the course of push it to the limit, right? He, he's doing like kind of just like group floor dancing. He's doing like this thing where he walks along and boxes all of the other dancers. They're doing the jump ropes. And then at the end, they do the thing where they like line the jump ropes up into like a boxing ring. And he's like dancing in the middle of the boxing ring. 
Like a lot happens choreography wise in the course of this one song. I think it it does what this concert in its entirety does not do in that it gives a perfect synopsis of Jump In. (laughs) (laughs) It takes out like all the, um, oh, what's her name? Melodrama? Kiki Palmer? Kiki Palmer stuff. But it's still like, okay, I know what this movie was about. They're also showing clips on screen, but like Corbin is so good. And also, he has sparkly pants and a sparkly mm-hmm. shirt. The, like the but his this particular outfit mm. screamed mid two thousands to me, like no other outfit did. It was just like covered in bedazzled, like it was sparkly. The choker. It was like, amazing. I would get married was... in that outfit if I could. <laughs> it was so good. What High School Musical outfit would you get married in? From the movie or. The first one? Or I guess this show. I don't know, man. It was a stupid question, but <laughs> feel free to engage it. with it seriously. <laughs> I really loved Vanessa's giant coat at the beginning with the, the crinoline. Yeah. The one outfit that I would not get married in is, I guess, Vanessa Hudgens was wearing, when she wasn't wearing kind of the like classic A-line red dress that we all know and love from the, the movies, she was wearing a lot of times like a tight or a red top and then heels that were a little bit, I guess they were just heels that you could move around in a lot. And then she had very weird, tight, white, long pants that were just stopped high enough that they couldn't be considered capris. Yeah, those were a weird length pants. I saw yeah. those. <laughs> I have I, I think I missed those. I was one. I was wondering if you were going to say the nude colored dress that she wears in her solo one with the weird gloves. Well, the gloves sold it for me. I wasn't. I didn't like the dress, but the gloves were like kind of like mesh, sparkly. I loved those. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a weird costume choice? Marchin. That's yes. a look. So they send Corbin Blue out in like um a sort of like a mock up version of. I was in marching band. I know what these things are called a little bit, but I forget. The sort of like marching band uniform. There's a special name for that. I just don't remember. It's got like the shoulder. Yeah, it's it's like and... a, just a mini version of the vest that's just kind of been thrown on over the shirt he was wearing from before. It's a crop. It doesn't look terrible, but it's, a, it's like <laughs> It's a crop top. Yeah, it's a yeah. crop top. It was kind of a sultry outfit. I mean, maybe it was I was just thinking that cuz he was really selling it, but I was a little surprised. <laughs> I liked in the behind the scenes, uh, Lucas was showing the quick change room for the guys and uh, showed off this particular shirt. And on the back in, in bedazzled letters is CB. And I was like, <laughs> precious. For Condra Boudreaux. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, but the rest of the, the the dancers come out in a drum line and they're all similarly dressed and yeah they have like more fully fleshed out marching band outfits it seems like they're just hitting drum pads that aren't actually making the noises of the drums <laughs> but they're well in sync enough where it doesn't super matter yeah and there is an interesting drum bit at the end where kind of all of the drummers circle around corbin and then he has oh he got the drumsticks from the band up in one of the tall balconies and like a really cool throwing around move and then he takes the drumsticks and he drums on all of the drums around him in a circle in a really fun pattern that was not live, but I thought it was exciting. <laughs> I think this one did the not live, like these two in particular, he probably was not singing live with just how much choreography was involved. 
but he sold it so well and the rest of it was all so good that it didn't stick out the way yeah. some of the other ones did. That's the thing with lip syncing is like lip syncing, you don't like you don't have to frown upon lip syncing if they're putting effort into it in other ways. So like for this Corbin Blue stuff, like it's it's still super fun and engaging concert material. But for other of the songs, it's like, well, this isn't anything. Was this part of the risky choreography, and for yes, you? Yes, they had some classic kind of um, marching band, I guess more like rifle um, color guard. Color guard? Yeah, color guard type stuff. You were in color guard, right, Kondra? I was not, but most of my friends were. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a specific mood. You were in color guard, right? You just look like you were. I played field hockey. <laughs> compliment Um, but there was one part well the the drumsticks there was kind of grabbing and throwing of those and then um there was it's not a spear what is it what's that called a big baton baton it's it's got like a graduation name like when it's for graduation it's something real specific it's a stick yeah like a scepter baton spear but it was huge (laughs) and they threw it from pretty far across the stage and he caught it effortlessly so I was just very anxious for that whole part. But of course, Corbin <laughs> pulled it off. I could count on him. Yeah. He's an athlete. And there's an adorable little conversation between him and Lucas after marching when Lucas comes out in the full drum leader garb as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that was the cute. Hat. And they just talk about how much they appreciate the fans and like why they're able to do this, basically. Literally after every song, they go like, thank you. We love you so much. Like... Obviously, like, that's good concert etiquette, but, like, it felt like they didn't really know how to interact with the audience, so they just said thank you, like, every single time. I just was, again, thinking that Corbin and Lucas did such a good job of keeping the energy up and kind of, again, I guess what you guys were saying, like, teaching the kids or the audience how to interact in a concert or just kind of how to keep their their attention there. And I was feeling kind of frightened at the prospect of what it would look like without Lucas and Corbin, or even just like without their energy, they were really bringing it. They saved the concert for me. I agree. I like, I literally like kind of stopped taking notes. They do on like both versions of what I've been looking for. Uh, And they call them A and B on the song list. And A is not the Sharpay and Ryan one. Unlike the, like the soundtrack, which was, but they did them in the right order. No, the they show. didn't. No, 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 no. They they did it in the reverse order from the movie, but for the right order for the oh, show. Oh, for the show, yes. Because you can't go high, 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 low, low, low kind of thing. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Um, and this one was live. The yeah. uh, Vanessa and Drew were live singing during that song. It was weird to hear it full, like, because you don't really hear this one in full. Well, it was weird. It was weird because there is a full version of the song with like a second verse, but they just sang the first verse and chorus twice. Yeah. And it was very like it felt so weird. Even the ooze that she does in the like the little vocalization before Miss Darbus stops them in the movie. She did twice. (laughs) Like, yeah, it just was like, ooh, this is annoyingly repetitive. That's the other thing is they needed like a Miss Darbus or like a like a Mike Bolton cameo. Like they needed an adult to walk on stage. Darbus as the MC would have been the best. <laughs> In character? In character. A hundred percent. This is her production. She is directing. Oh my god, that would have been so good. That would have been cute, like if they like cut to like a little bit like her talking to them backstage. 
or something. Like, yeah, that would that would be cute. But then Lucas and uh, Ashley come out with the poppy version of what I've been looking for with the outfits and the choreography. Well, not quite the outfits, um, but the choreography and the giant jazz squares. (laughs) (laughs) And then they 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 do do the jazz square bit. They after they finish singing the song, which is like, thank you. Like you did a bit like there are so many good lines from this movie. Use some. <laughs> I just also need to say Lucas has so much hip gyration yes! in this song <laughs> that is not present in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for naming that, Contra. I did not want to bring it up, but it needed to be done. <laughs> He's so good. Like Lucas is such a good dancer. That it just all, like, flows together so well, but it's also a little distracting sometimes. I'm like, dude, (laughs) these are, like, eight-year-olds. You're just, you're being mesmerized, (laughs) hypnotized by his hips. Hypnotized. Well, not so much, but the the way the camera would place the shot, just (laughs) would be, like, what was focused on, and I'd be like, why? (laughs) Why am I seeing this? I don't need to. Um, I don't Uh, remember the the order after this did we get another vanessa song yeah it's vanessa's song with the nude dress it's called say okay and did you have any thoughts about this song uh no this is also one where i thought it was maybe happening in high school musical the movie but it seemed pretty adult pretty grown up and then once i realized the outfit i knew my mistake gabriella would never wear a glove so (laughs) so mystifying (laughs) It also had, like, very poppy dancing that was not, pr- like, it was very much, like, walk a couple steps, bend your knees, and kind of wiggle. Yeah. And then- I, like, didn't really pay attention for these songs. <laughs> walk a couple steps to the right, do the exact same thing. It was so strange because it was kind of pretty adult dancing, but then she w- it would cut to a close-up of her face and she would do, like, a like an overly, that's mean, just a genuine, a very genuine- kind of smile at a child and like a little bit of a wave. It was just a funny juxtaposition. (laughs) She's Disney princessing. Yes. And then there was a breakdown in the song and I was like, what? (laughs) Why is this here? Let's just say this. Yeah, we're we're falling from that peak. Yeah. (laughs) But then then so we get like our last three numbers, which basically recreate the last three numbers of the movie. Yeah, but. Bop to the top, break and free, and then we're all in this together. Yeah. So obviously Ashley and Lucas doing Bop to the Top, doing the choreography without the latter, but mostly um, mostly the entire choreography. Wonderful. Like, I still personally don't think it's like the best song, but it's definitely like the best dance and like one of the best numbers in the movie. But like, not like my favorite song. But yeah, they killed that. Like one of the, other than Corbin Blue, probably like the best thing just to see them do that exact dance live. So was watching the vocalizations at the beginning are live. The singing through the verses in the chorus are not live. And then they come back for that dance break. And that's yeah. live speaking. It's so like this one, the tech board is working real hard right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not super complicated to like turn the mic on and turn the mic off in the middle of the. That was it from earlier. I knew there was something I was forgetting. Right after Stick to the Status Quo, when they're introducing everyone, it 100% solidified that their headset mics weren't like super mic'd up 
because when they'd be like Vanessa and she'd be like, hi, everybody. She like they you could see their mouth say hi, everybody. And there was no sound. Yeah. There's also a part where like Drew says something, but it just doesn't get picked up by a mic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But I thought the dancing and having the dance break where they did, that would have been where it cuts to the basketball stuff. Because <laughs> I was like, why is it here? That seems a little weird. And then I was like, oh, right, because this song gets split in the movie. And what are your thoughts on this song? I liked it. I will admit that this was, I was really, my energy was pretty low at this point in the concert. I was <laughs> pushing to get through, but I enjoyed it. I felt like the true fans were finding everything that they could possibly want in it. Maybe what they've been looking for. <laughs> um, I liked that they had the costumes. Like Ryan's wasn't the same, but they brought Sharpay's dress. Yeah, yeah it was close. Yeah, I wondered if they had to have that kind of style dress specifically because some of the moves would have been maybe a little too saucy if the dress wasn't cut the way it was. Interesting. Oh, we need a tell-all interview with the, with the costume. Because she's grinding out her best. She is grinding <laughs> out her best. And I mean, they, they, sh they show some booty. They, they, they shake their, they shimmy. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff in there. I wonder if, like, parents felt uncomfortable. Honestly, in the grand scheme of, like, songs that play for kids, Pop to the Top is, like, not the, the most risque. No. It's not like it's, like, bring it on when they have the cherry pie. Like, I remember when we were kids, um, the, like, the song It Wasn't Me was popular. And, oh like, that's... <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> Like, kids sing along with that, having no concept of what's going on. I didn't realize this. I was on TikTok the other day. Cake by the Ocean is another one of those songs, and Kids Bop definitely covered that song, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'd never listened to the lyrics of that song, because I never really listened to it before, but I was like, oh, uh, apparently. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and like One Direction has a couple of those. I'm like, okay, like I don't, I have no idea anymore. Well, um, there are the there are the songs that are like secretly about sex, and then there are the songs that are literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler, this is a question for you because I don't know, Anne, if you'll know the the tempo stuff. Um, was the the last verse in a faster tempo? Or were you not paying attention? Of it, Bop it, to the Top? Yeah, it seemed like the tempo had sped up in the song. <laughs> like, it I got faster. I didn't notice anything different in, like, this version. It might it might honestly just be like that in the actual song. It makes sense. Like, sometimes songs do that where they kind of, like, speed up over time. Okay. And, well, probably not, like, completely, because they're not doing it completely live. But, like, especially when you're playing something live where it's, like, Things have a tendency to speed up and slow down at various waves. Mm -hmm. Okay, just was wondering. So, do we want to break free? Uh, we're soaring. <laughs> we're flying, and we're going to space in that LED screen. Oh yeah, that was kind of fun. I like <laughs> that. Love, I loved the space stuff. Drew is definitely live for this song. I'm not confident on Vanessa, but I know Drew is live. <laughs> Because some of the vocalizations and the notes that were reached were different. Yeah, or again, it's like something where they like they re-recorded Drew's singing, so it's like slightly different from the movie. Yeah, I think Anne, is this the red dress that you were referring to earlier that you did not like as much? Or oh, I like the I like the red dress a lot. It's the the pants that 
the pant capri short situation that I don't like. And the red dress I like, and I also like that that like silhouette of the dress is so iconic to High School Musical because in High School Musical, the musical series, when Olivia Rodrigo plays the part of Gabriella, she puts on that dress and it's like a magical moment. So I like that that dress is such a big deal. <laughs> I liked how they added the slip under the dress for her big spin to because we were talking about that when that happened in the movie and I was like, oh, they have to change the way the shot is to show less leg. And they got around it in the live version by adding that slip underneath just to keep her legs tight. And um, I thought that was a cool costuming choice. Yeah. And it was sparkly too, I think, the slip. So it was interesting to see. Yeah. I like Breaking Free as a song. It's not super memorable in concert. They didn't do the ooh, like the shoulder (laughs) shimmy thing that we spent so much time talking about in the movie. Drew did not do all of the choreography the same. He didn't do the moonwalk. There was no shoulder shimmy. Look, it's hard to be as charismatic as Zac Efron. Fair. Who knows? Maybe those were improv We don't know. <laughs> I doubt they were because Kenny. Also, Vanessa went higher at the end. Her note was like a, maybe a half step up at the end. Well, if it was a half step up, it seems like it would be out of key. I don't know. It was definitely the note went higher than it did in the movie because right. I know the movie really well. <laughs> the soundtrack really well. So, And then, then we're all in this together. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Then it's a big party. Yeah. Like it was, there was never any question like what song they were going to end the concert with. Could they have done Breaking Free? Would Breaking Free, it would have ended on a very different note. I I was curious if they were going to do like an encore, which they didn't, at least on the DVD. What would have been the encore? Could it have been a like preview of one of the songs from High School Musical 2? Honestly, that would be kind of cool, but I, I don't know. Yeah. That, I, that's when you do like a cover like oh this is this is my idea they did like cover like other disney songs like like either like classic disney movie songs or like other popular popular disney channel songs they do hawaiian roller coaster ride and then we have a two-way lilo and stitch high school musical convergence oh I, oh like the from the from the thing okay yep so we start out the drum intro of we're all in this together with clips on the screen of kind of the whole movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the nachos or french fries falling on Sharpay. yeah it's but it's not like a, it's not like a summary of the movie like oh this is the beginning of the karate kid part two or spider-man two where like we, let's recap what happened in the first one so everyone's caught up to speed it's just kind of like ah, oh, here's a bunch of stuff that happened in the movie um, and then the cheerleaders and basketball background dancers come out. And the font on their uniforms is not the font. Did they not get licensed to their own font? Like, literally, I was like, the colors aren't right. The the like text is not right. I'm just like, why? What happened? Maybe they just spent all of their money on that big, big plasma screen and had to scramble. <laughs> maybe and then drew comes out in like a bedazzled wildcat jacket and just great i love that lucas is in like a a marching band outfit interestingly here i paused it because i thought it was intentional i felt that he had like armpit vents that were special to him (laughs) because he was raising his hand a lot and i thought it was intentional but i think that he just moves with so much energy that the seams ripped so there's like a little bit of armpit showing. Oh my god, that's funny. I didn't even notice. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean they they sing the song, they do the 
choreography. Well, what's weird is um, when Vanessa's singing her her verse, there's the line about we make each other strong, but then there's no, like there's no Kelsey and Taylor to, to, to be with her. They just like, she sings the line and then there's the background singing, but no one's there to do it. And Monique is there. Yeah. But they have to have like the entrances. Yeah. So. I did like that the dance break instead of, because they did the cutaway, so each pairing of background dancers got like a little bit and then Corbin and our uh, Chad and Taylor got a little bit. I liked how Corbin and Monique got the full dance break. It gave yeah. Monique something to do. <laughs> Their one moment to shine in the whole concert. Uh, and then they also like Lucas does the like stage dive into people's arms and then Ashley Tisdale like walking through the gauntlet below that. That was fun. They do all the dance moves. Kids in the audience are doing them with them, which I thought was cute. Yeah. There's almost like not that much to say because they're just kind of doing it. Yeah, yeah. The audience are invited to to sing along, both in Breaking Free and in this. Yeah. And yeah, they do a one more time. Yeah. We're going to do it through the chorus one more time. Everybody sing along and dance along. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it ends on a pretty high note. There's confetti. It's exciting. Yeah, they got kind of like the um, like like the spark shooter yeah. stage things. They use them more in the in the beginning of the concert, but I think they use them again at the end. And at the end, they did kind of like the roving spotlights on the crowd, which I thought was cool because you could see just how many people were there and just how small some of the children were. <laughs> so it kind of cuts to the kind of cuts to the credits, right? Like right after that, and during the credits, they have these kind of um, testimonials from each of the actors. And one of them talks about how like they like at the end when the lights come on and they can see all of the people like, singing and dancing. I think like, that's a good point. Like. And for a lot of the actors, what just what they were saying was about like how appreciative they were of being like having this opportunity and getting to play for so many people and connect with such a big audience. It was cute. I wrote summaries kind of for what each person said and all but Vanessa at least mentioned the fans and like this connection that they received. And Vanessa just like three times is like, I feel so blessed. Like I am so blessed. I'm so lucky to be here. Um, that's that's actually her not being unprofessional like so it's a different level of professionality but yeah. like it's she doesn't know like the official like just thank the fans and like be polite like she actually genuinely just feels so lucky to be there yeah no but it's interesting that like all, like drew was like oh my favorite part of the show is get your head in the game and corbin is like yeah the, he's the one that we get to see the lights turned on and see all the fans and um ashley's talking about like the crowd giving her an adrenaline rush like it's just interesting like monique straight up crying like yeah she's she's they save her for last because she just starts crying just precious all right so i've got one final game prepared for you guys oh boy if you have anything else to say about high school musical concert they used eight buses to transport this around the country and there was a boys and girls but like they, Mm -hmm. they were like there was a boys bus and a girls bus and that was it from the the bonus features my takeaway from all of it is that Corbin Blue should be a superstar and is, in my heart, a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was the one thing in the bonus features where you could, like, pretend to be the director and, like, choose the shots. But it, like, it just functionally, like, didn't really work. Like, it was just hard to maneuver in the shots. Like, the camera angles that you got to choose from would edit, like, within them. So, like, if you wanted to choose, like, a front-on camera angle, it wouldn't always be the same angle so it was just hard to understand what you were supposed to do but an interesting idea for a bonus feature anyway 
I don't know if you guys watch the DVD previews, but I just want to ask you, uh, what DVD or um, or movie do you most want to see out of these four? Remaster of the Jungle Book, the Jason Lee, Jim Belushi movie, Underdog. <laughs> uh, Return to Halloween Town, starring Lucas Grebeel. Or um, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody um, compilations with episodes that include Vanessa Hudgens and Monique Coleman cameos. <sighs> So, Return to Halloween Town is Halloween Town the fourth installment. If I'm I don't know, she's correctly. like going to college. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the fourth one. So that's we'll throw that in there, and then uh, it's the 1967 Jungle Book. Just yeah, for it's those like the at 40th home. anniversary. Yeah. I would rank my preferences: Return to Halloween Town, then Sweet Life, then I guess tied for third, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Underdog and Jungle Book. <laughs> Underdog is true to its name. <laughs> um i haven't seen jungle book in so long i some of the music in that movie is so so good um and i get a kick that the beatles knock off vultures just crack me up um sweet life jungle book return to halloween town then underdog for me (laughs) i feel like you guys are seriously undervaluing underdog um, I've still never seen it, Ty, and I've seen a lot. I of think bad Peter movies. Dinklage is in it. <laughs> what? As like the villain who like experiments on pets. Jason Lee voices underdog. Jason Lee is the voice of Syndrome in The Incredibles. Amazing. And he was kind of like a skater turned actor in the nineties. So this is animated. No, no, this is live action. But the dog is animated. It's like cat and dog, or cat versus dog. Do you remember that series? No, but people have been, um, my roommates have been having dreams about it lately. (laughs) (laughs) So I just started hearing about it this week when they've been having dreams. Oh. The only thing I remember about the underdog movie is that there's a scene. I don't know who the, there's, there's like a main child actor in it. And I want to say it's like Kyle Massey or something, but I genuinely don't remember. Condor's going to look it up, but there's a scene. There's a scene where the child and the dog are talking and the child has taken the dog to like watch a baseball game. And he's like explaining baseball to the dog because the dog can talk and like have a full conversation. And basically underdog just says, wow, sticks, balls and running all in one sport. I I love this. What? (laughs) All right. So this cast. So it's Peter Dinklage, Jason Lee, Amy Adams, Jim Belushi, Patrick Warburton. Taylor Momsen, who is Cindy Lou Who. And Jenny from Gossip Girl. And Alex Newberg Newberger is the The main kid. The main kid. Uh John Slat Slattery, who's the guy that kind of looks like Owen Wilson, but with white hair. I think Patrick Warburton like voices an animal that like it's like a cat that has like a Patrick Warburton voice oh. and you're it's like, oh funny the voice doesn't match. But still Patrick Warburton in anything. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I just think like it's probably not a good movie, but like, I don't know, like, I just kind of like want to see what it is. Like, I think I saw it when I was a kid, but like, I know what all of those other things are. Underdog is like a loose cannon, like, just seems the most interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Underdog. I, I get it. That in um, Valiant, the Ewan McGregor pigeon movie that came out right <laughs> around the same time. I get those two, like, they're linked in my head for some reason. I wonder if Underdog, Underdog is on is Disney+. Plus. on Disney+. Plus. I okay. was just looking that up. Um, it's an hour 24, so there Tight. you go. Um, Tight 84. Yeah. 
And for the fans at home, the concert is not on Disney Plus, but you'd be surprised that you could buy a good number of copies from your used DVD seller of choice. Or just email us and we'll pedal off our DVDs to you. I'm going to treasure mine forever. If you want the DVD copy that I watched in preparation for this episode, you can have exclusive Amateur Nerds merch. Not not merch. Not um, merch. Memorabilia? Memorabilia, yeah. Um, for the low price of forty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling, you can have my copy of High School Musical The Concert Extreme Access Pass. What? <laughs> um, I'm treasuring mine so I can rewatch Push It to the Limit forever. <laughs> Just rip it and post it to YouTube. It probably is on YouTube, TBH. <laughs> it is. I was sending clips of it to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So yes, in summation, do we recommend this, I suppose, is what a real movie podcast would, would end with? Um, I'd recommend scenes from it, not the whole thing. Yeah. Basically just the two Corbin Blue numbers in the middle, is that is what uh, you're saying? And Bop to the Top. And Bop to the Top, if you like Bop to the Top and want to see them doing it live, I suppose. Yeah, I think definitely was worth it for me, number one, to have this beautiful experience with you two. But I feel like I learned a lot about High School Musical and about myself. Keep in mind, we've talked about this for longer than the actual run of the DVD. (laughs) (laughs) It is 57 minutes. Yeah, so I guess we'll wrap this up then. Um, If no one else, anything else to say. Um, Tyler, did you want to share your ranking of those four? I know you said underdog was higher than we had it. I I don't really care. I I just wanted to show some love to underdog. You know, I root for the underdog, as it were. I'm trying to think of the lyrics to the Spoon song, and they are just not coming to my brain right now. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, you guys have got the fear of the underdog, and that's why you will not survive. Hey, that song is in um, 17 17 again. again. Zephron. Starring Zach Efron. Anyway. And thank you so much for being on the show today. This was a blast. Thank you for having me, Kondra and Tyler. I treasured every moment of it and will continue to treasure it in my memory. Thank you. Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want our audience to know about? Please, thank you for asking. Uh, I will plug what I always plug in my real life, which is my home region of central Pennsylvania. Uh, It's got rolling hills. It's got amazing people. uh, It's got, at one time, a really long banana split. Actually, I don't want to say that because that will show you where my hometown is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's got rolling hills. It's got beautiful people. It's got Does it have anything. people who call soda pop? Sort of. So some very specific regional kind of dialect things. If you go a few towns over, yes. My specific town, no. My specific town more has kind of like a cadence that gives away where we are rather than, and an accent, but not so much the words. But yeah, come visit Darn. me or just come in general or just appreciate Central Pennsylvania. That's what I have to plug. <laughs> appreciate it from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Condor, where can people find us if they want to engage with us further? Well, people can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, send us something. Just just a hello. Start sending us your thoughts about High School Musical 2, because that recording is going to start soon. Oh my. Yeah. All of our faithful listeners checking in till the end of this hiatus episode <laughs> will be sure to send us their thoughts. I've been Condra. I've been Tyler. I've been Anne. Oh, and uh, we'll catch you next time for the uh, a sweet 
episode of hiatus you can bet on it <laughs>